You're listening to the Relationship Centered Learning Podcast, Episode 8. You're listening to the Relationship Centered Learning Podcast, a podcast to inspire and empower you to be a difference maker in a dysfunctional educational system. Hear weekly from adults and students who are having a radical impact in the education space as they share from their minds and hearts, giving us practical tools that we can take back to our classrooms and campuses. Here to take you outside the educational box is author, disruptor, and your host, Kevin Curtis. Before we get into today's episode, if you really like the GTKY concept of connections before content, but you thought to yourself, where do I get those good questions at? And you're thinking, well, I'm still doing virtual teaching versus in-person teaching, and I just want to connect with my kids, but I'm not sure what questions to ask. What we've done for you is created a free resource of 25 GTKY questions that you can immediately download and go back into your virtual setting or your in-person classroom setting to make a difference of getting to know your students before you dive into the content. All you have to do is head over to our website at RCL. F-I-R-S-T.com. Sign up for a newsletter and you will get immediate access to 25 GTKY questions that you can go back into the classroom and start putting connections before content. So let's get right back into the show. Welcome to the Relationship Center Learning Podcast, where we put relationships at the center of all learning. Welcome back to a solo episode. We'll just call this the mindset of an educator. I really started thinking about in the middle of this pandemic, coming back to school where we're at as adults and with students and thinking about how trauma has already pre-pandemic infiltrated our schools. And I started thinking about what is the mindset that I've uh, experienced in the past and what I'm currently working through to help educators deal with students who have experienced trauma. And I believe that a lot of our students that have been away from schools for the last six to seven months probably have experienced trauma in some form or fashion. And I think it's helpful for us to start to digest what exactly is trauma and what happens to the brain when trauma is introduced or even triggered? So the goal of my show today is, is I've got two kind of key points. One is called flipping your lid and the other one is called don't go 13. And we're going to start with simply flipping your lid. And I was introduced into Dan Siegel's hand model of the brain. And I was come across a video that I'm going to post in the show notes where it just describes uh, explaining the brain to children and adolescents. And one of the things that was very apparent for me was simply the visual. So when you look at it, they're looking at taking the brain as simply as the hand model that Dan Siegel provides is taking your hand, opening it, putting your thumb inside your palm, and then bringing your four fingers down on top of that. Now, what that represents is the thumb is the amygdala in the mid part of the brain. This is where our emotions, fight, flight, and freeze, are really initiated from. And then the four fingers that are laying on top of that is your cerebral cortex. This is where you do your logical thinking. This is where you make logical choices using the the bigger part of our brain. And what research has taught us and what this model talks to us about is it's great when we don't experience traumatic events in our life or if we haven't flipped our lid. By flip our lid, I mean hold that thumb in the middle of your palm and those four fingers are just up above that. By flipping our lid, this is when we are majority thinking from the amygdala 
from the fight, flight, or freeze part of our brain. And so by flipping our lid, we have learned through research that there are a variety of different ways for students to bring those four fingers calmly back, calmly back down to cover our amygdala and get us back into the, the cerebral cortex thinking part of our brain. Some of those could be mindfulness activities, breathing, uh, exercising, uh, focusing, meditating, and connecting. So a lot of those practices put us back into play where the amygdala gets co uh, covered back up. And so in Dan Siegel's model and in the video that I'll share, they talk about it, the upstairs brain and the downstairs brain. And when we look at how the brain is being impacted, I have to really think and really digest the fact that a lot of our kids are going to be coming back to school with their lids either already flipped are ready to flip. And I believe it's this is the time where patience, grace, and, and research and understanding the brain needs to come into play more than ever in our educational history. This is an opportunity that we can really start to understand for some of us the first time of where and how our students think and make decisions from. So in the video, they also talk about not just an upstairs and a downstairs. They talk about the amygdala, the thumb as the barking dog, and that the wise owl, using as in animal animal analogies, is the wise owl as the as the cortex, the thinking part of the brain. And so they said when the dog barks, the owl flies away, which means it leads back to those four fingers open, aka we're flipping our lids. And the more that I start to do research and the more I understand about flipping our lids and how, what it takes to one, get there, traumatic triggers, which can be a variety of circumstances from raising our voice to certain circumstances surrounding them, um, smells, energy, um, voice levels. There are so many different things that could trigger a student but also not just what they're triggered, but how they react. And then how do we get those students to bring those lids back down so that they're not flipped and we can get them back to thinking logically. And when you start thinking about when they flip their lid, there is no control. And what's interesting about the brain research and understanding this with our students, understand this is how the adults' brains work also. So you have to imagine the horrendous systems that we're having to embrace as educators coming back mid pandemic right now, I'm watching it. I'm experiencing it. I'm seeing on social media. I'm, I'm seeing it from my educator friends and colleagues. They're flipping their lids and it doesn't take much. They're coming back to almost crazy systematic approaches to trying to get be, help students be successful, whether it's truly online or a mixture of the hybrid of two and having kids in their classrooms. But what I'm noticing is, is as the kids are flipping their lids, the adults are also flipping their lids. And I think that what we have to take into consideration right now is how do we support the staff, the students, the community, aka the parents are flipping their lids, everybody's lids are flipped. We're thinking, we're reacting from our amygdalas, we're shooting at our hips, uh, you know, with our comments on social media, the way that society seems to all of a sudden turn on teachers after when we got in the beginning of this pandemic, you know, we loved us for all the things that we were doing outside the box to help students be successful. So with flipping the lids, I'm going to encourage us to start to understand 
for example, do as much research as you need to, but let's start with Dan Siegel's hand model because the more the students can understand this, and this is a great video that I'm going to put into the show notes that you can show your students. And the fact that she uses upstairs brain, downstairs brain, barking dog, owl, you can do it to, to various grade levels. But I, I, I'm encouraging and imploring educators more than ever to start to understand how we are all being impacted in the brain, in the middle of this pandemic. And when I say that, then it segues into my next part, which is we had this expression. Now, for those of you that don't know me, you know, my 22 years in education, I left in 2015, but prior to that, five years as an assistant principal at Ed White Middle School. And then prior to that, two years a middle school principal. So seven of those years as a leadership were at the middle school level. And so one thing that we started to appreciate at the middle school level was this phrase. And I'll be honest, I wish I could give you credit. I don't know where it came from, but it was simple this, don't go 13. And the first time I heard it, I didn't quite understand it. And so maybe let me kind of take it a little bit deeper for you. In other words, don't go 13. Don't be a 13 year old. And it's funny because if you've spent enough time at the middle school, you start to understand sometimes you can act just like a 13-year-old, just like they can. And you can be in your 30s, 40s, or me, even my 50s, and there are times when I can go 13. And so what was interesting is, and, and if you're not familiar with our curriculum, in NEDRP, when we started unpacking relational practices, we refer to that as a green. So we have green is proactive, gray is responsive. So when we do trainings, we do proactive relationship and building with teachers, and then we respond with responsive alternatives to suspensions, which would I create a differentiated discipline. So we separate those trainings with two different colors. So as we're unpacking this throughout the years and starting to use this phrase, remember, don't go 13, aka don't flip your lid. We started noticing, and then one educator um, at, a, at one of our three-day trainings said, oh, Mr. Curtis, I love this. And she said, you know what I'm getting from today? Stay green, don't go 13. And I was like, OMG, does that not just ring? And in fact, so we turned it and we made it into a shirt. We have a green t-shirt that says, stay green, don't go 13. And, and as I'm approaching the Dan Siegel hand model of flipping the lid, it just reminds me of how many times you're not even as, as a competent adult. And this was pre-pandemic. And that's why I say in the middle of this pandemic, this is definitely the time that we need to be thinking this way. But pre-pandemic, I can count numerous times where I've gone 13. You know, I, I think of two incidents specifically. One was I just placed a kid. Um, uh, no, I'm sorry. Another, another administrator placed one of my sixth graders. I was responsible for sixth grade discipline at the time. Had placed one of my kids in ISS for wearing house shoes. He was out of dress code. And so this was not the first house shoe, house shoe violation. I dealt with this kid. Multiple house shoe violations. Having fun saying that. And then I, I walked into ISS and I, I just started giving him a hard time. Are you serious? Listen, people, it's not like he couldn't afford shoes. He had shoes. This is just one of those things this kid wanted to push buttons and see what he could get away with. So I'm coming in there and Coach Curtis, reactive man, is coming out and I'm nose and nose and toes to toes with this kid about his house shoes. And from across the room in the ISS cubicles, an eighth grader who's not bigger than me, a little bit smaller than me, but an eighth grader, an older young man, stands up across the room, slides his chair out and approaches me and says, hey, if you're going to talk to somebody like that, why don't you talk to me? Why don't you pick on somebody your own size? And I was like, I'm not picking on him. I'm, I'm, I'm 
I'm simply lecturing this kid that I'm done with him in his house shoes. But here's the deal. I flip my lid and I'm going 13 and I'm like, okay, young man, then you can have it. So we're nose and nose and toes to toes going back and forth of it. I can't remember all the 13 things that I said at that moment, but I did remember something like I'm standing right here, sing it, don't bring it. And, you know, we got, we, 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 we squared up to each other. And then eventually I think things calmed down a little bit, but he was, he was still threatening me. And, you know, you, you're lucky we're here and all this stuff. And I was like, or what? And I said, you know what? I'll tell you what, you know what? It's going to cost you another day of ISS. So I made sure that he was going to be in ISS the next day. And he told me, he said, hey, if I catch, you better not let me catch you off this campus like at the grocery store. Now, in here in Texas, we have a great grocery store called HEB. He just said, you better not let me catch you at that HEB because if you are, you're mine. And I was like, oh, is that a threat? So I was like, yeah, you know what? You'll just be in here tomorrow. So here's where 13 even goes deeper. So the next day I come into ISS, he's going to be in there and he is, I make sure I walk, I walk in there. He's sitting there. I just glance in there and then I go back to my office and I come back with a couple grocery sacks from HEB (laughs) and I walk into the room and I say, Hey, miss so-and-so who's working as a teacher in the ISS room. I was shopping last night at HEB And man, I have never felt so safe in my life. And I thought about you and I know you get hungry. Sometimes I brought you some snacks and I'm unpacking these snacks and I'm eyeballing him out of the corner of my eye because he knows I want to make sure he hears that I was at H-E-B shopping last night where he said that I would be unsafe and that I felt very safe. Now, I am not proud of that moment, but I'm going to own that moment because what that was is that was me flipping my lid and being 13. So I I really wanted to just take this opportunity and I'll save that other story for another time, but I really wanted to take, I've got plenty of, and don't worry, I got plenty of me going 13, but, but what I want to really emphasize today is really starting to ask ourselves, how is the brain impacted prior to the pandemic? And especially mid-pandemic, how is the brain being impacted? How does the brain react coming back from the impact in our classrooms? How are the adults being impacted and how are their brains reacting? How are our students? How are our staff members? How are our community? Because right now, the more that we can understand the way the brain works and the way that it's triggered and the way that it flips its lid, then the better we have the opportunity, the better chance we have an opportunity to start to understand what is in control and what's not in control. If you've never watched the movie Paper Tigers, it talks about ACEs, adversity, childhood experiences. The first thing that I took away from ACEs and in, in, in Paper Tigers is once the staff was trained in ACEs and understanding the impact of ACEs, then all of a sudden it didn't excuse the student's behavior, but it gave some understanding to the student's behavior and their choices. And I think just like what Paper Tigers did for education and helping understand ACEs, I believe that if we can take this opportunity mid-pandemic and start to understand Dan Siegel's hand model as a simple model of flipping our lid and understanding when our students are choosing to use, they're not choosing, when amygdala, fight, flight, or freeze, takes over the frontal cortex, and they're not thinking. 
It is literally instincts. It is survival. It is being triggered. And it's predominantly coming from a traumatic experience that could have happened previously in the past, or it could have been something that they've experienced in these last six, seven months since they haven't been with us. my, My thoughts and prayers are with educators right now. This is an extremely difficult time. We have shown how resilient, how creative, how flexible, how patient, and how underpaid educators are. But I think it's time that we practice grace more than ever in realizing that nobody is going to get this right. And as Brene Brown has said, and I'm sure you've heard me say this more than once, it's not about being right. It's about getting it right. And I believe that we can start to get things right for the first time. Let's use this pandemic to hit control, alt, delete. Let's reset our mindsets. Let's reset our practices and our ideas and our compassion and our education and knowledge and comprehension to understand how is the brain impacting the choices and the voices of our students and our teachers and our communities coming back to school mid-pandemic. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. I'm hoping that you got something away from today. If you're looking for more mindset pieces or opportunities to stay connected with the work that we do, I'm just going to ask you to head over to rclfirst.com. Sign up our, that's RCL first, sign up for our newsletter. Um, We got blogs that are coming out more frequent. We're trying to push out as much free content as possible for you. We want to help educators, aka students during this time more than ever. And so I'm signing off by just reminding you, teachers, you are making a difference. If you, every week, if you could just find one tool to make a difference in one classroom for just one student, then you know the work that you're doing is making a difference. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time.